morning. It's great to be with all of you this morning. Uh, it's super fun, actually, to share this first slide with you. On Friday, one of our very own Clarissa got married. And so there's a picture of their wedding. And, and this is the very moment that, as the pastor of the wedding, I had the privilege of announcing them as husband and wife, which was so much fun. Like, so much fun. I mean, we were talking at the wedding about, like, just everything that God put together that brought them together, right? Like, like Clarissa, for anyone that doesn't know, she grew up in Brazil and never in a million years imagined living in the United States, let alone marrying a guy from Johnson County, Kansas, and yet it happened, and, and it was just so much fun celebrating them. Uh, literally, they went dancing down the aisle after this moment in this picture and kept dancing for the rest of the time. I mean, I'm so tired today. I'm not a dancer. Um, like, I literally had a guy who's a professional dancer come up to me at the wedding and say, hey, you give me an hour with you, and I'll teach you how to dance. I was like, oh, man, it is that obvious, huh? Which I knew it was. But anyway, so it was just a fun, fun night together. Uh, and it was just, it was, it was a joy to, to be a part of it. Um, this morning, what I want to do is um, we're going to actually start, and I want to ask you a question, okay? And, and this is sort of a serious question, but it's actually not very serious. I want to ask you um, to think about those moments in your life where you have made decisions, where, where you might have asked yourself the question, wow, what was I really thinking in that moment, right? Um, and, and I ask that because if, if we're all honest, which we all need to be honest this morning, every one of us could pass the mic and probably share multiple stories of those moments in our lives where we made some questionable decisions, where the prefrontal lobes, uh, which help you with forethought, probably weren't working very well. And, uh, and we probably look back and said, man, what was I thinking? And to, to kind of get you thinking that way, uh, I, I've got a couple of images I want to share with you and some pictures of people that had the, um, those kind of moments or those like moments where, where you say, man, what could go wrong in this, in this setting? And so here's the first one. It's interesting. This was uh, from a baker. And this baker decided to, to, to toss a botched mix of, um, of bread into the dumpster without realizing that the yeast in it was still going to do its thing clearly in a very significant major way, like not really thinking through that one very well. Or what about this one? Um, and this is, uh, maybe you've seen this one before. Uh, this is what happens when adults, uh, especially adult males, go to the playground and check their brains as they enter the playground. Or this one's kind of interesting. Uh, so this is a person who decided to get the same tattoo that they found on their dog because they rescued this dog and they thought, this dog is so special to me. This dog is so much a part of my family. And so they got this symbol on their arm. Unfortunately, what they didn't realize with this, that this tattoo indicates that the dog had been neutered. <laughs> so, so sorry if that offends anyone, but it just, it's just, uh, it's... Yeah, very, very interesting tattoo that, you know, probably, probably regretted later in life. Or, or look at this one. Check this one out. I'll just let this one say what it needs to say. Maybe you've seen this one. Not really thinking through. Uh, if you look at that, uh, there's a man who is, uh, yeah, anyways, just, yeah, interesting. And, and, and ladies, isn't it interesting that all these are men, uh, you know, right? As I shared in the first service, 
uh, it's probably not good that I'm up here talking about wisdom. We should have some of you women here up front because you could probably do a much, much better job. Or, or what about this, this next image? Uh, this is a couple guys that had a portable pool and they wanted some music and enjoy themselves. And if you look clearly at the picture, there are some sandals floating in the water that are holding up the power cords so that they can actually listen to the music. Again, not very smart, right? Like there's not a lot of wisdom that went into these decisions. And again, I'll point out that there are men in this picture and there's no women anywhere near this pool. All right. Or what about this one? This is, uh, this is interesting. So this was uh, a person that maybe looks like me when I was in 10th grade. And I had a weak moment, or this person had a weak moment where they decided to get a perm. Okay? They decided to get a perm because everyone else, actually nobody else was doing it, but they, like I said, it was a weak moment. And not only was it a weak moment at this moment, but they didn't learn from their first mistake of getting a perm a couple of years earlier. So, you know, wisdom is something that doesn't always happen naturally for everyone. Uh, wisdom is something um, that, that we believe um, comes from God, and we're going to get to that in a little bit, um, but we're starting a new series, and we're going to spend the whole summer talking about wisdom, and we've entitled the series called Likewise, Why Making the Wise Choice Matters, and we believe that the timing for this series is critical, because we believe that as a church and as followers of Jesus, we believe that we, as one big family, are, are at a critical point in our journey. You know, as a church, we're standing at this boundary line of our past, but also looking forward to the future. We're at this place where we desperately want God to give us wisdom that only he can give to help us take the next steps that we have in life. You think about the book of Psalms, and, and in the book of Psalms, it says, thy word is a what? Is a lamp unto my what? My feet. Thy word, God's word, like the words from God were given to us to give us wisdom so we know how to take those next steps in life. And we as a church, and, and I, would, I would say as followers of Jesus across this beautiful world that he's created, really need to look into God's word. And we need to ask ourselves the questions, what are the next steps that God wants us to take? Because too often... Those next steps are influenced by things outside of God. I actually heard a podcast um, from Barna, and Barna, in this podcast, they were talking about how 13% of confessing followers of Jesus admit that the Bible is the first place they go when it comes to making decisions. Think about that. 13% of people in the United States that say they follow Jesus say that the Bible is the first place that they go to for making decisions in life. 13%. That's embarrassing. Because when you and I say yes to Jesus, we don't just say yes to Jesus so that we can just get to heaven someday and just like live life how we want to live. When we say yes to Jesus, we say yes to all of him. And step one is following his word and letting his word speak deeply into our life. And I think we've seen, as we look around the world we live in today, what it looks like when people that say that follow Jesus make decisions that don't represent him at all. As a covenant church, the first question that we ask ourselves is what? Where is it written? So that when we make decisions, when we, 
when I stand in front of you, when you, when you stand in front of me, when we stand in front of each other, we know that God's word is guiding us. And when we get out of step, it isn't, well, why did you do that? But it's, hey, help me understand where you see that in God's word. Because that's what we want, to guide the steps that we take. And so things like social media and the news and political figures, all those things have influence on our life. But oftentimes, those influences don't always line up with Scripture. And we want to make sure that God's Word is, number one, guiding our steps. Because what happens is when other things outside of God's Word guide our steps, then things get a little bit fuzzy. Life gets a little bit fuzzy. And the vantage point that maybe others have of us gets a little bit fuzzy and it doesn't really make sense. All of you were handed 3D glasses when you came in and you're probably like, what in the world? Why would you give me 3D glasses? Well, 3D glasses are interesting because oftentimes when life gets a little bit fuzzy, or has anyone ever, you've been to a 3D movie, right? Like, like everyone here has, if you haven't. What happens is, is you're given glasses when you walk in and as the movie is going along, like, you know, like things pop out of the screen and you see things clearly that's on the screen. And when you take them off, things look a little bit fuzzy, like this next picture. We would never have this picture on a screen if we didn't provide you with the lens to see clearly what this picture looks like. You can put your glasses on, it's cool, okay? You can put your glasses on. Actually, if I would have had my A-game on this week, this whole sermon would have been done with your 3D glasses on. We would have had scripture in 3D. We would have had everything in 3D. But forgive me for not doing that. But, and these are cheap Amazon glasses, but you can see clearer the picture in front of you once you have the glasses on. Here's another picture. It's a picture of space. And it's a picture of all sorts of planets and asteroids and all sorts of things that kind of jump off the screen towards you. And I share this with you, and you can keep your glasses on just for a moment, because this is an example of what happens when you and I view life through the lens of God's word. Is that what might seem fuzzy around us all of a sudden comes into clarity. Those things in life, those questions that we have that are right in front of us where we're not really sure what to do or we're not really sure what that next step should be when we put on the lens of God's word. When we look into God's word, it gives us a vantage point and it brings clarity to the decisions that we need to make as followers of Jesus. So as we continue this morning, what I want to do this morning is I want to just look through the lens of scripture and I want to build a foundation for the rest of the summer. So the point of this morning is to help just lay the groundwork for the rest of the summer so we understand when we say wisdom, what do we mean? And we understand a little bit about kind of the structure and the foundation of why wisdom is so important. If you have your Bibles, actually turn to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is one of my favorite books in the Bible. It was this beautiful 31 chapters of just beauty and wisdom that was written mostly by King Solomon. And King Solomon, as many of us know, was known as what? the wisest person ever to live. He was this person that had so much wisdom and he shared a lot of his wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And in Proverbs chapter one, verses one through three, it says this. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. 
to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. What a gift God's word is to us as we seek after what it means to be people that live a wise life. I mean, imagine what life would look like if we didn't have God's word. Imagine what life would be like for you and I to have, have to make decisions outside of what Scripture gives us help with. And it's easy, actually, to imagine because a lot of our world lives outside of it, and we can see the chaos that it brings. And what I'd love to do is, first, I'd love to define the word wisdom, because I think it's important that when I say the word wisdom, um, that we're all on the same page. And then after that, what I want to do is I want to just share briefly five truths from Proverbs chapter 2 that I believe can be applied to all of our lives and will help you and I take steps into the future to chase after what God has called us to be and who, as a church, he's called us to be. But before we jump into those five truths, here's our definition of wisdom that we're going to roll with throughout this whole summer. Nate's going to talk about it a lot. Wisdom is knowledge applied to life experience. Wisdom is knowledge applied to life experience. And here at Hillcrest, we, the only way that we believe that we can gain this knowledge is through the lens of Scripture. Like 3D glasses, we believe that wisdom gives us a different way to see life, and it gives us greater focus and detail. Wisdom is sort of like gravity. It's an invisible force at work in the universe. And while we can't see it, we can certainly see the effects of wisdom all around us. Wisdom is actually woven into the fabric of how God created the universe. It has to do with a cause and effect sort of pattern, and it's based on a moral code of right and wrong that we get from God's word. And just to clarify, I'm not talking about, um, and with all due respect to the Star Wars fans out there, I'm not talking about some like impersonable force like the force will be with you. Rather, it's rooted in the character of God itself. Wisdom that we're talking about is not just from some smart person. It's from the creator of the universe. And God wants to use it to speak to us deeply. And so in order to set up the five truths, I want to share with you a couple words from Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along, or if you're following on the YouVersion app, you can see it right there as well. My child, this is verse 1, 1 through 6. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and come understanding. And so from this passage, I want to share with you and with myself and all of us five truths that I believe jump off the page. The first truth is wisdom comes from God. And I know that sounds obvious, but it has to be said. It has to be said. Wisdom comes from God. In verse 6, it actually says it right there. It says, the Lord grants wisdom. Wisdom comes from him. It was his idea from the beginning of time. And as I said earlier, it's woven into the fabric of the world that he created. 
when people begin tapping into wisdom and making wise choices, they are tapping into something that God intended them to tap into, whether they realize it or not. Wisdom is rooted in God and in the way he designed things to work in this world. The second truth, and this is important, wisdom is not the same as knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge are two different things. When we talk about godly wisdom, we are, talking, we are not talking about the same thing as intellectual knowledge or information. You can have all the knowledge in the world. You can be the smartest person literally in the entire world, but have no wisdom at all. Wisdom is more like the application of knowledge and living by a moral code and a right and wrong that was God's idea in the first place. Truth number three, wisdom is very, very practical. Wisdom is not the same as some kind of mystical force. Don't think of like Yoda or Dr. Strange. Wisdom is incredibly practical. And it can be applied to lots of different areas of your life every single day. While the book of Proverbs was written thousands of years ago, this old wisdom is incredibly relevant in 2022. Let me give you a couple examples. In Proverbs 2019, it says, A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Good wisdom, right? Good words. It applies to 2022. Proverbs 25:17 says this, Don't visit your neighbors too often, or you will wear out your welcome. Maybe you're thinking of some neighbors that visit you too often, right? Like, like it, it's, it's wise. It makes sense. Or Proverbs 26, 11, As a dog returns to its vomit, this is disgusting, so fools repeat their folly. You can probably admit that dog vomit and 3D glasses were not what you were expecting when you came in here or what you're expecting us to talk about today. But if you think about the wisdom just in that verse alone, and if you have dogs, you know how disgusting they can be, right? They, re- they puke and then they go eat it. It's so gross. It's disgusting. Not all dogs, but a lot of dogs do it. And it, it's like, what are they doing? But they repeat their same mistake over and over and over again. And Proverbs is saying, don't do that. That's really, I mean, just that wisdom right there for all of us. And so we think about the mistakes that we make in our life. And the fact that oftentimes we run back and keep making that mistake over and over and over again. Godly wisdom says, don't do that. Don't do that. Proverbs, God's wisdom, is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And it's very, very practical. And the last, or second to the last truth, is that wisdom should be pursued. Just as God pursues us, we should pursue his wisdom. I love what Proverbs says. I'm going to read it one more time, and I want you to hear some key words, and you'll see them highlighted on the screen behind me. It says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. 
Look at those words. Look at those words that are highlighted on the screen. Look and listen as, 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 as the book of Proverbs highlights them. It, like words like wisdom, or, or words like listen, treasure, tune, concentrate, cry, search, seek. This, my friends, is how Scripture asks us to approach wisdom. And maybe in an honest moment, in a rhetorical way, I want to ask you this question. Is this how you approach wisdom? Is this how you approach situations in life? Do you listen? Do you treasure? Do you tune? Do you concentrate? Do you cry? Do you search? Do you seek? Are these words that represent your pursuit of wisdom? If not, I want to ask you and challenge you and implore you to be humble and to pursue godly wisdom. Because oftentimes, again, like I said earlier, there are things that we are pursuing in life where I think God is just waving his hands going, dude, that is not me. Stop doing that. You see, when we read God's word, and when we get into God's word and we start reading it, it's like a mirror coming back at us. There's going to be things that we're going to see in ourselves that need to change. That's part of life. That's part of being broken people. And my hope and my prayer for you is that as you see God's word, as I see God's word, we're going to see things in it that cause us to look at our own life and to be humble enough to change. Because we, God's word's not going to change. It's us that need to change. And if we're going to pursue him into the future, let's be people that live that kind of life. And truth number five is wisdom has huge benefits. Wisdom has huge benefits. In Proverbs 2, 7 through 12, it says this, He, God, grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path 